Psalm 52. The theme for this morning has been set by the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 7. And that theme is false teachers and false prophets. They were a problem in the Old Testament. They were a problem during the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the warning from Him and the apostles were that they would constantly be a problem. And let us read Psalm 52 today because it describes an enemy that used his mouth and his wicked heart against the kingdom of God under the Old Testament. Let's stand together as we read in unison Psalm 52. Together. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs, like a sharp razor, working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness. Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away, and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place, and root thee out of the land of the living. Selah. The righteous also shall see, and fear, and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. Amen. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. The Lord will bless the reading of his infallible word. Psalm 52, if you have a Bible, an Oxford or a Cambridge or others that carry a superscription over the psalm, you'll be able to see that the little bit of historical information we have about this psalm is that it's written about Doeg the Edomite. Doeg the Edomite was the chief herdsman for King Saul, and when David was fleeing from King Saul, Doeg the Edomite followed along and saw when he visited Ahimelech, the high priest, in Nob. And David there borrowed from the high priest the showbread that he and his men ate and the sword of Goliath because he didn't have a sword because he was fleeing in haste from King Saul. Later that information was passed on to King Saul and King Saul asked if there were any that would take vengeance of the king on the priests of the Lord God. And Doeg the Edomite slew the entire city of Nob, all the priests, all their wives, and all their children. There are wicked men like that in the world. They've always been in the world. Our brother Abel was killed in cold blood by his own brother because Abel's works were righteous and God accepted him, but God did not accept the sacrifices or the person of Cain. It's been that way from the beginning. The devil is not only a liar from the beginning, he is a murderer from the beginning and the father of it. 
And so he has perpetuated hatred in the earth against the saints of God. And so the whole family of the high priests are wiped out in Nob by Doeg the Edomite. And so we come to this psalm where David mocks this man. Now David was deeply grieved because David felt responsible for the death of all those priests because he was the one that was spotted obtaining help from the priests, getting the sword and getting the showbread. So he felt some degree of grief. But he knew that God was in charge of all matters, especially matters like this. And so we have this psalm. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? Now the words, O mighty man, are sarcastic. Because Doeg was not a mighty man in the face of the God of heaven. And while the Bible does not record his miserable end, we can tell that his end was rather miserable by the prayer of David in this psalm. Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. My trust will be in the goodness of God against you. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs. Your mouth is always looking to do evil. The things that come out of it are lies. Like a sharp razor, it works deceitfully, cutting other men. You love evil more than good, and you love lying rather than speaking righteousness, according to verse 3. This is a description of a false prophet, a false teacher. They devise mischiefs with their tongue. They work deceitfully. They mislead congregations. They promise things they cannot pay. They declare things that are not found in the Word of God, and so they mislead many of God's children that are ignorantly deceived and misled by them. Verse 4, Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. You love words that you can use to devour the people of God. You took great pleasure in telling Saul what had happened and who had aided David in order for you to be able to cut off the priests. And so David prays in verse 5, God shall likewise destroy thee forever. When we read about the false prophets and false teachers in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, He will say to them, I never knew you. That's to be destroyed forever. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, an entire chapter dedicated to false teachers, they are reserved for the midst of the blackness of darkness forever because they preach an easy gospel that you do not have to repent and God will accept you as you are. No, God will not accept you as you are. God will accept you when you repent and fall on your face before Him, confessing your sins and laying hold of His righteous doctrine and keeping it. They promise them liberty while they themselves are the servants of corruption. The seeker-sensitive church growth movement in our nation is to water down the gospel until everyone feels comfortable in church. No one ought to feel comfortable in church until they're walking in righteousness. The purpose for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is to teach the holy commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ and His apostles. It's not to make men comfortable. It's to make men convicted. It's not a place for recreation. It's a place for repentance. Verse 6, When false prophets are destroyed forever, the righteous shall also see and fear and shall laugh at him. Now this is not popular doctrine today. To talk about the righteous seeing a false prophet destroyed forever and looking at it and laughing about it 
That's just not politically correct anymore. But it's the Word of God, so we don't care if it's politically correct. This is the spirit of the righteous. They hate the wicked, and the wicked hate the righteous. They're never going to make peace between the two of them, not in any church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the righteous rejoice when God exposes false teachers. Don't you laugh when you read the book of Genesis? And you find those two magicians of Pharaoh, Janus and Jambres, for three of the signs of Moses, they were able to duplicate the signs. But don't you rejoice when it gets to the flies and they couldn't duplicate the miracle of Moses? And what did those two magicians have to say at that point? They went to Pharaoh and said, we've got a problem. You and we have just seen the finger of God. Do you laugh when you read that? Do you rejoice when you read that? That's holy laughter. That's the laughter of the righteous. And 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're given those two men's names, Janus and Jambres. Because in 2 Timothy 3, they're given as an example of what God is going to do to Benny Hinn and all the rest of Pharaoh's magicians today. I'll send you a prayer cloth that you can stand on and get any miracle you want for a tax-deductible contribution of just $20. And on and on they go, and he's just one of hundreds that flood the airways of so-called Christian television. There's nothing Christian about it. It's a whole lot of television, but no Christianity. God will destroy them all. Verse 7, here's what the righteous say when they're looking at a false prophet destroyed by God's judgment. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. King Saul did that, and King Saul was hung up and nailed to a wall of the Philistines. Doeg did this, and we don't know exactly the details of his ruin, but we know that it occurred. Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? And there was a morning when the Israelites awoke on the other side of the Red Sea and saw waterlogged bodies coming to shore. And then they said, Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. You know how many times he hardened his own heart? Strengthening himself in his wickedness against the God of heaven. But the God of heaven had the last laugh. And it's the God of heaven. We tremble before this morning and we want to obey Him and serve Him and love Him according to His Word. And brethren, when we come into the house of God, let's be like the psalmist said in verse 8, in total contrast to these men who strengthen themselves in their wickedness, to these men who find comfort in the abundance of their riches, here's what David said in verse 8, But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I am healthy and prosperous as a green olive tree in God's house. I don't look to wickedness. I don't look to my riches. I don't look to the help of man. I look to the help of God. And notice how he says it. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Not in my riches, not in my wickedness, but in the mercy of God. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. Let me tell you a little secret. That horrible massacre of the family of the priests, 
all the priests, all their wives, all their children, was according to the divine plan of a holy God. Do you know when the decree was uttered and revealed to men? 1 Samuel 2 and 1 Samuel 3 to the little boy Samuel. When the Lord God called the little boy Samuel out of bed one night, and this is not something taught in Sunday school, Samuel, Samuel, and little Samuel came rushing into Eli three times and said, what do you want? What can I do for you? And Eli finally figured out it was the Lord God calling Samuel, and he said, you tell him that your servant is willing to hear whatever you have for him. And do you know what the Lord God had for little Samuel to hear? The Lord God had that a judgment was going to come on Eli's family and cut off every single male and destroy that household from among the priests and give the priesthood to another family descending from Aaron. In the morning, Eli said, Samuel, what did God have to say to you last night? And Samuel's face went white. And Eli said, you tell me what God said to you or God do to you what he promised in, in his dream to you last night. And so Samuel told him, and then God sent a message to Eli himself in chapter 3. Brother, the judgment was horrible, and here is the fulfillment. I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. God, God overruled and used the wickedness of Doeg the Edomite to accomplish his judgment and chastening upon the family of Eli, because Eli was not a faithful father. Eli rebuked his sons, but didn't physically stop them from their gross abominations in executing the, high, the priestly office in Israel. This is Psalm 52. May we humble ourselves before the Lord. May we say with David in verse 9, I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it, and I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. The name of the Lord is good. And there is no false teacher or false prophet that has ever risen that went or said anything further than what the great God of heaven allowed him to say. And so we put our trust in him. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. This is Psalm 52. May the Lord bless it to our hearts and souls.